0: Well, my name is Michael Fueling. I'm the lead pastor here at the Village Church. Welcome to Village Church Online. I have the joy to open up God's word with you today. If you'd open up your Bibles with me, the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, we're gonna be in verses 1 through 4. Now, Village Church, we have been teaching and training you for years, for a moment just like this. In fact, the title of this sermon is this. You are equipped... For crisis. And I just have great news for everyone watching this. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are uniquely and profoundly equipped for such a time as this. You have been given God's spirit inside of you if you've placed your faith in Jesus. You've been given the word of God, which tells us what is true and real and how to even respond in crazy circumstances like this. You've been given the people of God. And we may not be able to hang out in person as much as we like, but we have the people of God and we have the technology to bring us together so we can even be looking at each other face-to-face and to hear each other's voices whenever we want. Truly is unbelievable times. Now, before we get into the message, I want to draw your attention to a handful of people that are in your life right now, but maybe you may not be thinking about them in these ways. Uh, The first group of people would be those who are currently pregnant. We have many pregnant women in our church right now. A handful of them are looking uh, into the next couple weeks and months to have a baby. Their anxiety is higher than they want it to be. They're nervous about the state of hospitals. They're nervous what it's going to be like, whether people will be able to to visit them. There's another group of people. These are our nurses and doctors. We have multiple people on the front lines working in hospitals right now in our church. They're particularly isolated, but also exposing themselves to quite a bit every single day that they go into work. We have those who are in the, in the middle of significant life transitions. Multiple families in our church right now are, are moving, and some of them are moving out of state. We have those struggling with mental illness right now. This is an incredibly tough time, and in a season when they need to be connected to people, uh, they're being isolated and forced to be way more alone than they want or need. We have many people in our church right now who have no foreseeable income in the near future, uh, they don 't have jobs that they can take home with them and that can go digital, and so financially they 're trying to figure out what is the next month or two look like? How long will this last there 's a lot of anxiety understandably there. We have Pastor Matt and Amanda. Uh, Today, this is their last Sunday with us. uh, Pastor Matt has just taken on a a job as the senior pastor, lead pastor of New Hope Evangelical Free Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. So excited for them and their future, Um, but this is not the way they wanted to spend their last Sunday with us. We were hoping to throw a big party for them, and when all this is done, we're going to bring them back and throw, hopefully, a big party for them. We have Chris, whose mom just passed away last Saturday. She's been trying to coordinate a funeral for her mother, working with the funeral home, and things are changing on a daily basis, and can people even more than 10 gather? Or are we going to be quarantined? All these questions at the time of this recording that she's thinking through. Uh, Donna, a dear member of our church, last week had a stroke. She's been sent home from the hospital. Her husband Pete is, obviously has a lot going on, and there's just a lot here in their life, and, and they're not able to have visitors right now, and especially when they could use that extra encouragement and care. I think about Bill, who is one of the founding members of Village Church. A couple weeks back, Bill um, passed out in the middle of church, went to the hospital, had surgery. He's back at home, but in a time when he probably just needs love and care from the people of God, uh, he's experiencing a level of isolation that he'd probably rather not be experiencing. And so we're just reminded in this time that Village Church, the church needs us to be the church. Um, Your neighbors need us to be the church. Your family needs us to be the church. And and this is the time when we are at our best throughout church history, when there is crisis, the people of God step up, we lean into the difficulty, and we are the ones who care for those on the ground. This is a beautiful experience and opportunity for the church to shine incredibly um, bright. Now, on a positive level, behind the scenes, uh, there is so much going on. Moving a church from about 80% human interface to almost 99% digital interface, it's a massive transition, and all over the globe, churches are being forced to make this transition in a matter of days. So over the last um, week, we've had some incredible staff and volunteers working behind the scenes. I want to show you a couple pictures of them. Uh, This first one is Pastor Matt and Marina. Um, They went into the studio earlier this week, and they recorded, uh, I think, 15 to 20 worship songs so that uh, while we're in this season, um, we are able to worship together. So love all the effort they put into that. Um, next, what you have here is our adult discipleship directors. I asked them all to make uh, crazy faces uh, at the end of our Zoom calls. And so they're working hard making sure that our men's and our women's ministries and our counseling ministry and our groups ministry uh, that they are ready for this next season, that we're all on the same page. Here's the next picture here. This is Pastor Matt Souls. Pastor Matt is uh, um, uh, making videos for our junior high, high school, young adults, making sure that in this season of disconnectivity, he's bringing them together um, digitally. Uh, The next picture here, this is a fun one. This is our group's ministry. I really love Vicki's book that she found. And uh, you can tell while we're all meeting on Zoom, we have to keep a pretty light heart uh, because what's going on around us is just kind of crazy. Uh, Here's the next one. Suze and Sarah and I went into the studio earlier this week to record a bunch of episodes on the Q&A podcast. Want to give you digital discipleship content um, that helps you and trains you. It helps you think biblically about what's going on here. Here's uh, uh, Tammy. Tammy is our children's director. Tammy's making some videos, making sure that we have an online digital kids, Village Kids, um, ready to go for this Sunday. She's working really hard. Uh, This right here, this is my favorite picture. This is all of our Village Church of Bartlett staff, as well as Village Church East staff and their core leadership team. Uh, We met earlier this week just to make sure we're all on the same page. We are working together. We're a team. And this is just a snapshot of the multiple, multiple hundreds of hours of volunteers and staff that have gone into making sure that this transition in this season is one where the people are the points, where we care and equip for you to make disciples who go grow and overcome. So however long this season lasts, we are committed. We're all in. We're really excited. So if you think about it uh, and you see a staff member or a volunteer, just give them a thank you because they're working behind the scenes to love you really well. All right, open up your Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let me share a little bit of context with you. Uh, Timothy is a young pastor. He's pastoring in a city called Ephesus, and he has a mentor whose name is Paul. You know the apostle Paul probably by now. And the apostle Paul is writing him this letter, and he's helping him think through pastoral ministry in a season of crisis. Uh, What's happening in Timothy's life is persecution from Rome is beginning to amp up. And their crisis is one of trying to figure out how to live in this world where they are really at odds with the Roman Empire and with the systems of the world. Now, I'm so profoundly grateful that right now this is not our crisis. Our crisis is different. As I said earlier, our crisis is moving the church from 80% human interface to almost 99% digital interface. But what Paul's going to do is give Timothy some really concrete, practical uh, examples of how the church responds in crisis. So even though our crisis is honestly like, pretty different, the principles apply. So 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul starts off and he says, First of all, first of all then, I urge. Uh, so at the end of the day, no matter what is going on around us, When the church finds itself in crisis, there should be this instinct in us. And if it's not in us, he's going to train it to be inside of us. That when there is crisis, there is something that we do that is first and foremost, and it's paramount, and the people of God, when we are in trial and when we are in crisis, we do this very thing. Here's what he says. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, Intercessions, thanksgiving, be made for all people. Supplications is simply a word that means requests. Prayers is a catch-all term for going before the Lord in prayer. Intercession is when you actually stand between someone and the Lord and you go and pray for them on their behalf to the Lord. Thanksgivings are opportunities to be grateful and thankful to God for what you know that he is doing in people's lives. Paul says this, listen, when there's crisis, when everything around you is going a little bit crazy, the people of God, we get on our face and we pray. Uh, we don't just pray for ourselves. We pray for other people. We pray for those struggling. But, but then he, he, he actually draws our attention to a very specific group of people. He says this in verse two. We pray for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Why? Why? because they are making profoundly difficult decisions that impact the lives of hundreds of thousands or millions of people. Now, here's one of the challenges I think that we have as the people of God. It is really hard for us to pray for people that we don't know personally, and number two, to pray for people where we will not see the results of that prayer real time. It's really hard to pray when we don't first know somebody, And then we don't even know if or when or how the Lord is going to answer our prayer in their life. And so there is a huge void in the church of praying for our president and for our leaders and for our house and for our senate. There's a huge void in this, and I think largely it's because we can't really see the benefits. But here, I just want to make a promise to you. The Lord will never ask you to do something that is a waste of time. He's never, ever going to ask you to do something that is pointless or fruitless. The Lord loves when his people pray. And when we pray for kings and all who are in high positions, God is not wasting your time. In fact, we believe that when the people of God go to pray, that God goes to work And so we're very privileged to be able to pray for our leaders in this time. They need it. They have never been through this situation, just like you and I have never been through this situation. Hour by hour, we're all learning. Whether or not they love God or not, they need the wisdom of God in their life. They need godly, wise counselors filled with the Spirit of God being brought into their decisions to make good, wise decisions. So verse 2, it goes on, and uh, he answers the question of what this is going to accomplish. You can almost like hear in, the, in Timothy's mind, like, okay, Paul, why pray for them? What is going to be the benefit for us if we pray? And then he says this, verse 2, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So what I want to do right now is at the end of all of our sermons, we have a section called, So What?, And the last part of this sermon, we're going to look at each one of these attributes and each one of them are going to be one of our so what's. So, so what number one, be prayerful. I want to give you a few actually practical steps in this. Um, Number one, I want to challenge you when you have a brand new schedule in front of you, create new daily rhythms. Everything we knew about life has been flipped upside down. And so now is the time that we get to create a new schedule, a new normal for as long as this season is going to last. So what I want to challenge you to do is create new rhythms and make prayer an absolute priority in your new daily rhythm. And I would not just say once, set times throughout the day when you can just go before the Lord and lift up our leaders, our leaders in the nation, our leaders in the church, our leaders in our local government, There are a lot of leaders on the ground trying to make good and wise decisions, and they need the wisdom of God. Uh, Number two, in your community groups, um, this coming week, our community groups are going to go digital. We're going to be meeting most of them on Zoom groups, and so we're really excited for you to be connected. But take some time in your groups to prioritize praying very specifically. Pray as a community, and this is going to be one of the ways that we can make a difference. Uh, if you're on Facebook, we have a Facebook prayer page. I encourage you to go on there. Share any pertinent prayer requests that you have, and feel free to write prayers on there as well. Zoom also allows us to have very, very large meetings where we can pray together. So what we're going to be doing is, in the upcoming weeks, putting together all-church Zoom prayer meetings. And we're very excited to bring all the best of technology and use them to redeem this time for God's glory and for the good of our people and our neighborhood, our city, our nation, and the church. All right, so what number two? Be peaceful. The opposite of peace... Is not chaos. The opposite of peace is fear. And this is a time when our fears and our anxieties are higher than they ever have been. Now, here's the very real, understandable response to coronavirus and crisis and jobs and the market and everything else fear and anxiety, it's understandable. And what we're going to be doing in this season is we're going to be learning as the people of God to bring our fear and anxiety to Jesus who says, give me your burdens. My yoke is light. Give me your burdens. Cast your anxieties upon me. I care for you. And so this is going to be a discipline that the people of God in this season are going to have to learn because fear is a real thing. I want to give you a few practical steps here. Uh, Number one, change your music playlist. Uh, many of us listen to secular music, Christian music, all over the board, but um, this is a time probably to focus on music that points you to the goodness and the nature and the character of God. So what I've been able to do is go through most of my playlists, and I've just been, took a few albums that are really meaningful for me that are worship songs and worship albums, and I just play them over and over again to get my brain and my heart centered on the nature and the character of who God is. Uh, number two, if you're a part of Village Church, we gave all of Village Church our dwell app for it's a Bible listening app. They have some really incredible playlists on there. I encourage you to go to the playlist section and find playlists where you can have the word of God read over you, and it will be powerfully impactful for your spirit to have God's word read over your mind and your heart. Uh, number three is create God-centered rhythms. Again, we've talked about your schedule and how we do things in this season. And this is the time to really create these new rhythms that put God first in your life. Here's what we've been hearing from people. Your lives have been flurried and hurried to the point where you didn't feel like you could get it under control. Now you have a reason to reset. Reset in a way that puts God first in your life. Put prayer and the reading of Scripture with you alone and with your family, as a high priority. Uh, many of you haven't been to church in a long time, and now you're going to church for the first time on Digital Church, and we want to just invite you and say we're so glad you're here. Come back next week, uh, and we are so encouraged. But this is the time to create some of these rhythms for, for the first time before life gets back to, to normal. Number three, be quiet. When the Apostle Paul talks about The Christian in crisis is quiet. He doesn't mean that we talk less. What he means is that our lives in crisis are not hurried and flurried. There is something about our lives that are focused. They're calm. They're under control. Now, I get it. Internally, we don't always feel like that, but we bring our anxieties and our fears to the Lord We entrust them to him, and and what he gives back to us as we go before the Lord Lord regularly in prayer is this quiet. Uh, I want to give you some encouragement in this time where life is much less hurried and flurried for most people. Uh, Number one, invest in your family. Invest in your family. This has been a season in many people's lives where work and life have just gotten the best of your time, and now you're around your kids and you can't get away from them. Invest in your family. Maybe this will be the first time in a long time that you've done it, but now is the time. Now is the time to do it. Number two, invest in your spiritual growth. Grow spiritually through prayer, through time in the word. Get some podcasts that build you up spiritually. Listen to music that points your heart and your mind to God. There are so many ways that you can grow spiritually. And as a church, we want to serve you and help you in any way that we possibly can. If there are any needs that you have on that level, just reach out to us. We'd love to support you and encourage you. It might be over FaceTime or a Zoom call, but doggone it, we'd love to love you in this way in any way that we can. Embrace your new margin. Um, one, of the, one of the most important parts of spiritual maturity is to not be hurried and flurried, but to have some level of peace in your schedule we find is so much spiritual growth happens in margin. Some of the best times happen when we have the headspace and the physical space to just hear from God. Embrace this new margin, and what you may find is that the Lord is going to work in your life in profoundly wonderful ways when you make space for him, and the hurry and the flurry of your life is gone. Number four, be godly. Be godly. The people of God in crisis, what we do is we open up God's word and we live according to God's word. We don't always feel it. That's understandable. But what we do in crisis is we have this renewed commitment to say, you know what? I am going to live according to God's word despite the inconvenience of it. I'm going to do this because right now in crisis, the world needs me to do this. My neighbors need me to do this. My family needs me to do this. My friends need me to do this. Now's the time to step up and lean into this and to prioritize God's word. I want to encourage you to to, to join us every single week in weekly worship. Uh, one of our privileges and joys is to worship together as the people of God I know for some of you, there's going to be a temptation to be disconnected. i want to challenge you in this next season. Do not disconnect from the people of God. Lean into the people of God. It might be awkward and unusual, but now is the time. Next, we're going to be providing upcoming training, spiritual growth, things that we can do online. Come back to our website. We're going to be giving you more information about that. But our desire is to provide training and classes for you so that we can help you continue to grow as disciples in this time. Uh, lastly, we've recorded an episode um, every day this past week and this upcoming week um, on the Village Church Q&A podcast, and we're going to the, into the studio regularly to help give you resources to help you think biblically and live biblically in this time. But in crisis, the people of God, we kind of just lean into this, and we focus on making sure that our behavior, our minds, and our hearts are aligned with God's word. Finally, number five, Be dignified. The Apostle Paul says to Timothy that there's something about the way the church lives in crisis that the world looks at us and says they are respectable. There's something unique and respectable about the way they're handling their lives and their ministry. I want to give you a couple of practical ways you can do this. The Bartlett Community Care Initiative is a program that we have built here at the Village Church uh, so that we, as the city of Bartlett, can meet the needs of people in our community. If you go to our website at the Bartlett Community Care Initiative, there are multiple ways that you can engage and be a part of meeting real-time needs in our community. Right next to you are your neighbors. I don't know your neighbors, and I'm hoping you do, but this is an incredible time to reach out, get to know them, and see if you can help meet any of their needs and to love them very well, particularly in the name of Jesus. Social media. Social media is a place where Christians can either step up or step down. And uh, Village Church, I've been watching you on social media, been blown away at your tact, at your focus, your encouragement. And I just want to encourage you to redeem this. This is a time when people need hope. So use that platform in a way that brings glory to God. Lastly, it's a group of people um, I would call the least. In the Bible, the least are the people who can't fight or advocate for themselves. Uh, What I would call the least in this season of coronavirus would be those people who really honestly need us to intervene and to help them. It might be in small ways. I think about women who are pregnant and about to have a baby. They might just need encouragement. I think about people with mental illness who they're being isolated right now and Satan is having a field day with them. Uh, We get to lean into their lives and to love them well. I think about the elderly people who are um, probably more prone uh, to catch coronavirus than anyone else. Uh, Also think about the level of anxiety for those who are 60 or 70 and older, wondering if they get this, what could happen to them. Uh, There's a whole bunch of people who are uniquely vulnerable in this time. Uh, There's a whole other level of people experiencing some levels of depression, and and again, they're being isolated. What we need to do is figure out how to bring people together, even if it's digitally, to put our faces in front of someone else's face and to love them and encourage them and to speak hope. I was talking with uh, my daughter earlier today, and uh, she said, Mom gave me a list of things to do. And I said, What's on the list? And she said, I need to call three people every single day. And I said, Why do you need to call three people every day? And her response was, well, mom wants me to be not disconnecting from my friends, and she wants me to make sure that I'm taking care of them. I thought that was incredible. And if a sixth grader can do that, how much more can we adults reach out to somebody every single day and love them in the name of Jesus? Well, the apostle Paul goes on, and he says this in verse 3. He gives us the why. He says this, this being prayerful and peaceful and Quiet and godly and dignified in the time of crisis. This, this is good. It is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. Like this brings so much joy to the heart of God. When God is in heaven and he watches his people get on their face, when he watches them grow in their peacefulness because they're bringing their anxieties before him, when he watches them not go crazy, but live a, a very quiet, organized life that isn't hurried and flurried while everyone else is running around, when he watches their life and he sees their godliness and their commitment to live according to God's word, when he sees their dignified behavior, when the, even the non-Christians look on and they say, wow, there's something amazing about those people, it says, this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Father. And then verse 4 goes on, and he says this, who, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm going to close with this encouragement. As the Apostle Paul ends this, he's basically drawing our hearts and our attention to this reality. Whatever you see going on around you, Whatever the, whatever the circumstances of government, whatever the circumstances of coronavirus or wars or plagues or whatever, or business as usual, God is always up to something. I guarantee you this. I, I don't know how all this is going to pan out at the end of the day. I don't know how long it's going to take us to rebound. I don't know what's going to happen with small businesses. I don't know what's going to happen with a million other things that are really unknown and weird right now. I know this. God is up to something. All around us are people that God is revealing himself to. Uh, God is bringing people, some of them to their lowest, so that they might for the first time call on Jesus. Never underestimate what our God is up to. And as the people of God, we have to get our, ourselves above all the earthly circumstances to get a biblical global view of what God is actually up to. I don't know what your neighbor's feeling and experiencing, but I can tell you this. God is up to something in their life. I don't know what your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandpa or your best friend who doesn't know Jesus, I don't know what they're experiencing and feeling, but I want to tell you this. God is up to something in their life. Your dignity, the way you respectively handled the situation, your prayer life, You're living according to God's word. Your peaceful and quiet demeanor um, are mechanisms that God uses to draw people to Jesus. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Now, here's the thing. None of us are going to be perfect at this. Um, I I have failed on so many occasions in the last week. I am amazed at, at the things that have come out of me even in this process. But I'm telling you, I'm going back before the Lord. I'm confessing my sin, and I'm just asking him to give me his peace. I'm trying to create new rhythms and make the decisions that I can in this season. I'm trying to be a really good steward of this. And, and I'm so thankful as we come to the end of this message, I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that covers all of my failures, all of my weaknesses, all of my insecurities, every, everything that has not brought, brought glory to God has been covered by the blood, by the blood of Christ because I've placed my faith in Jesus, everything. And I can tell you that no matter what your sin or your struggle is, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, you are going to continue to struggle and you're going to continue to have your heart exposed in this season. But I want to encourage you that the blood of Christ has covered all of your failures and sins. God is with you. He's given you himself by his spirit, his word, and his people, and he is for you. And even though we may not do everything perfect, we are equipped and we are called for a crisis just like this. I'm so grateful that we have a God who has loved us and given us everything we need for life and for godliness in his word. So we're going to come back here every week. We're going to open up God's word together. We're going to study together. We're going to equip you so that you can face the crazy of this world. Now, some of you, you may have never have trusted in Jesus before. You're watching, you're at the end of this sermon, and you're like, I've never even watched this sermon before, or I've never trusted in Christ. And and I just want to tell you that today, let it be the day where you place your faith in Jesus for the first time. This world is unstable. This world is fickle. This world is ever-changing. But God is constant. God loves you, has offered and extended salvation to you free, not by good works but through faith in Jesus Christ who shed his blood for you in your behalf. At Village Church, we say this all the time. Someone is going to pay for your sins. And in this world, in God's economy, there's two options. Either you will pay for your sins in hell, or Jesus will pay for your sins on the cross. And so what I want to submit before you is trust in Jesus Christ who has offered to pay for your sins in your place on the cross. If that's a decision you want to make today, uh, I want to just uh, encourage you to go before the Lord and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to save you and to place your faith and trust in Him. If that's a decision you want to make today, would you follow up with us on one of our Connect cards? We'd love to just encourage you, pray with you, resource you, let us know the decision that you made to follow and trust in Jesus Christ today. Villa Church, uh, this is an unprecedented time, and it is our joy to lead with you to love this world, love our neighbors, love our communities, and be the people that God has called us to be in this time of crisis. So we got this. You are equipped. The Lord has given you everything you need. Let's do this. Pray with me. Um, Father, we are, again, thankful for um, this time. You tell us to be thankful in all circumstances. And so even though it may grind our sentiments a little bit, I want to come before you and say, I am thankful for the trial that we as your people are in right now. You are up to something. I don't know what it is, but I know that if I knew what you knew, I would declare your plan to be genius. So God, we don't know, so we're trusting you by faith. God, I think, about, um, I think about the people who are watching this and they have never ever trusted in you before. Maybe they're curious, maybe they're skeptical, maybe they're just antagonistic. God, I pray in this season that you would draw men and women and students and children to faith in Jesus for the first time. And God, would you even give us the ability to see it so that we can be encouraged? God, I pray for each one of my brothers and sisters at Village Church as we navigate in our own homes this really unique season. God, would you continue to encourage them, to build them up? Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that is continually speaking truth to us that is continually equipping us, that is continually speaking words of affirmation and encouragement as your sons and daughters, but also words of rebuke when we have not aligned ourselves with your word. Thank you for your goodness to us and thank you ultimately for the blood of Jesus Christ that covers all of our sins. We love you and we thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.